Hey, 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 Closet Busters and Bold Move Makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the Bold Move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Happy, 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 happy pride. Yes, it's that time of year that we get to be ourselves. Well, we always get to be ourselves, but we really get to celebrate the truth of who we are as LGBTQ plus people, and we get to show our support for each other and say, we're still here, we are still queer, and we are not going away to all the world, even though some things in the world right now are really trying to shut us down. But we're not going to talk about that. Today, we're going to talk about celebrating you and celebrating us and celebrating our stories. And I thought, what better way to start Pride Month than to talk about our stories and how we share them and how we show up in the world and how we make these really big changes to be who we are. And through a series of people who know people sort of thing, our guest today showed up for me and she's a fellow podcaster. She has a podcast called I Am This Age, but she also made some pretty big changes in her, well, 40s and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to transition, like most of us do, to something else. She is a queer ally. I'm just going to put that out there. She is a, a queer ally and she's very supportive of our community, but she's also an amazing storyteller and coach and helps people really tell their stories. And that's why I said, I think it's time to learn how to tell your stories because some of you, this may be the pride season that you finally tell some stories and you come out, you be your truth. You may not realize how important it is to tell your story. So um, hopefully we're going to help you do some of that. So welcome to the podcast, Molly. Super excited to have you here today. Thank you, Rick. That was such an awesome introduction. And I feel very honored to be part of Pride Month. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Glad to be here. And you and I have a lot of co commonalities. We've both been in the wine industry. We're both coaches. We have mutual friends through lots of different conferences and stuff. And when you showed up, I was like, absolutely. I would love to have an ally here to really talk about because I think our stories are truly, truly important if, you know, you know, really creating the fabric of our lives and how we show up in the world. So 40s, you don't look 40. I'm just going, I'm going to say that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, I'm like, she has to be like 30 something, you know, but um, people, some look at me sometimes like, I can't believe you're 60. I'm like, hey, it's lots of facial cream, trust me, and skin <laughs> stuff and what, oh, what, drink, what drinking, drinking wine. I think wine has a lot to do with that, too. So, um, but your 40s, you're like, okay, I something's going to shift here. So let's start kind of with your story and then how you've taken that and turned it into helping other people tell their stories. So it's all yours. Tell your yeah. story. Thank you. Sorry to um, talk over you there. Um, so first of all, I don't know. I, what are we supposed to look like at these ages? You know? Well, we're uh, supposed to look in the handbook, right? <laughs> right. We're supposed to look like they tell us to look like on television and in the magazines. Um, but thank you for that. That was really, really kind. <laughs> um, so my, my change story in my 40s, was really it really happened in the beginning of the pandemic like a lot of people out there yeah. um 
I was in the wine industry, as you said, for a really long time. And I've worked on all sides of the wine industry and I loved it a lot. And I still love a lot about it. Um, but I also started to get sort of tired of it. I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was learning as much I anymore. I realized that I had sort of stopped reading about wine and instead I was always just reading about like psychology and positive psychology and mindfulness and all that stuff and listening to podcasts about it. Yeah. And then in the beginning of the pandemic, I was let go from my wine job for a, a number of reasons, including that there was a worldwide pandemic. Um, and it was interesting. It was an interesting moment for me because it was, it was, it was the beginning of this crazy time. We were all very alone. I don't have to recap what we were going through. We just did it. But um, I also had just been in a short but very like intense relationship. Mm. And that had also sort of ended because of the pandemic. And so here I was without a job, without a relationship um, and, you know, without any contact to the outside world. Normally in those moments, I would have like hopped on an airplane and like gone to see a friend in New York or right. you know, grab some friends to go out to dinner or something. And obviously I couldn't do any of those things. And so I turned to all of this learning that I had been doing for a few years prior um, and got really um, like introspective. I did a lot of reading and listened to a lot of podcasts. I did a lot of walking around the city and a lot of um, just trying to figure out how I like who I was at my core, how I had been contributing to these situations that I wasn't loving um, and what I wanted to do next and who I who I really wanted to be in the world. And after doing all this work, I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine one day and he was like, why don't you be a therapist or something? And I was like, light bulb. Right. right. Um, and I immediately jumped into um, the IPEC coaching program, which I know you went through also. Yep. Um, and that was really, really helpful. So like from that moment of my friend being like, of telling me that or suggesting, suggesting that to me within two weeks, I was, um, I was enrolled in this, in this program and that changed everything. I had also already been thinking of the podcast. I had been thinking about it for, um, probably a couple of years. Maybe I I started thinking about it. Maybe when I was about 39, I was approaching 40 and I was feeling like, I don't think I had, you know, well, I was, I should say I was still in my wine career and I was still enjoying it at that time, but I also had a feeling that I wasn't going to want to do it forever. It's not the healthiest lifestyle. Yeah. And at that time, I also had just gotten out of a relationship, kind of like a two-year sort of in and out, not great relationship. And um, I don't have kids and I had never been married. And I was like, is this it? Like, did I screw everything up? Did I miss my chance to be happy, to be quote happy? Um, And are there people out there like me who are figuring it out later in life. And I was searching for that in like podcast form and I couldn't find it anywhere. So then I like thought of, I was like, well, I guess I have to do it myself. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. And I was like, I also have no idea how to make a podcast. I'm not techie. So all (laughs) of those things, so all of those things were sort of forming and coming together kind of around the same time. And so when I lost my job and all of this happened, 
there was a really, you know, I was fortunate. I need to say this. I'm really fortunate because a lot of people don't have this opportunity or wouldn't have this opportunity, but I, a was able to get on unemployment, which for those of you who were um, able to get, or who were on unemployment during the pandemic, you know, that the, that the money was a little bit more than normal, that what they were giving me was a little bit more than normal. And it actually could cover my rent and my bills. Um, for a longer amount of time too. Mm -hmm. I also have a little bit of savings. Um, and so I was okay. I knew I was going to be okay. And I could actually take the time that I needed to figure out what do I really want to do in this world? So for me, it really felt like an opportunity. And at the same time, it was also one of the hardest times of my life, you know, and it was one of the loneliest. Um, and so, Another piece to that is the storytelling. I had already been doing storytelling for a long time. I actually was a creative writer. I was a creative writing and English major in college. And um, however many years ago, I can't remember, I discovered storytelling, like getting up on stages and telling true personal narratives, Um, like the moth style. Have you ever heard of the moth? Yep. 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 Love the moth. Yeah. Moth is the best. Um, I had, I think around the same time that I was getting into, um, like psychology and positive psychology, I had discovered this form of storytelling. And I, the moment I did, I had been listening to the moth for years, but I had never done it. I had always thought one day I'm going to get onto a moth stage. Uh And I, (laughs) but then I was always like, I don't, what story do I have to tell? I don't have any stories to tell. Nobody wants to hear my stories. Um, and then I found this storytelling community here in Chicago. Um, Mm. and I took a couple of storytelling classes and I started getting up on stages and telling true personal stories. And I, that changed my world because I realized how much I'm creating connection and getting up on a stage. And it's so scary. I mean, it's the scariest thing in the world. No, not at all. (laughs) Yeah. And yet, um, the, the, the reactions I would get, you know, after telling the story, after we were all done and we could talk in the, we can talk in the room again and people would come up to me and they would shake my hand and they'd say, thank you so much for telling that story. That was a really important story to tell. And that's when I started sort of putting all of these pieces together. That's so cool. Uh, And I'm so glad you discovered that because I coach speakers. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is, yes, you want to, you want to deliver actionable takeaways and things they can put into action. But if all you're doing is giving people, okay, I'm going to caveat this a little bit. If you're only teaching people to take stuff into action, then you need to be teaching them how to use computers and (laughs) spreadsheets and all that stuff. That I totally get. But even in those realms, people are going to remember things better based on the story around it. And I don't feel like we can make transformations in the world, have impact in the world without creating those connections. And it's one of the toughest things to do which is kind of crazy because we make connections all the time, right? Even a simple hello, you know, you make a connection. How that hello happens um, can change the world. And it's kind of ironic that we're having this conversation because this morning I went to have some blood work done. And I always dread because, first of all, they can't get the blood out of me. So it's just like, okay, I just need this to flow, right? 
But this morning was one of those weird early mornings, like, let's go do this, right? Because everybody's supposed to fast. I'm like, I just know it's going to be a zoo. And I walk in and there's like me and one other, well, two other people. This person, one of the people that was there obviously had some mental disability challenges and was not happy to be there and was making it very well known that she did not want to be there. And it got pretty boisterous. But I noticed how her caretaker kept trying to connect her to the reality and connect her to things. And the next thing she said was, how about we build a story around your business? And as soon as this, and this is an, this is a mentally, you know, disabled adult at this point. And as soon as she heard the word story, you could just see the energy start to come down. And she's like, well, what what's the story and she goes i don't know where are we why don't we create this as i was just blown away and of course as i'm listening to this i'm like in another couple hours i'm gonna be talking to molly and i think i'm gonna bring this whole thing up because it's such a beautiful thing and the more we can create our stories and connect and this is why i so badly thought this is a good place to bring you because during pride month there's a lot of people, this could be their first pride. It could be the first time that they've actually gone out and declared themselves to the world. For some of those, it could be that they are no longer accepted wherever they lived. It could be that they've been thrown out of a home. It could be that this is the scariest thing they've done. And, you know, suddenly they find themselves feeling very alone and lonely. And I think it's really powerful when we're in those moments, as you just demonstrated through the pandemic using what you went through as the basis for the story and helping others because just the connection you just made through that story, everybody can relate to. Every one of us was in our own way. Yes, we were all kind of physically isolated, but just the isolation that we all felt and what we chose to do in that isolation changed a lot of us. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you found this pathway. So what's something, Molly, that you feel like you've learned through all of that, that makes you better as a coach and a storyteller. And it doesn't have to be just one thing, but I, I'm sure there's something that really kind of like resonates for you. Yeah. First of all, what an awesome story that you just told um, about that person that the getting blood and what a like, what a, what an sort of easy um, illustration and a beautiful illustration of, of how, thinking about what we're going through, um, you know, changing the story and changing the narrative in our head can change, can, can calm us, can change, you know, how we're showing up can relieve so much anxiety. Um, you know, that's, isn't that the whole point? Like what a, what a beautiful illustration. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and in terms of pride month and, um, yeah, people who are considering telling a story or, um, or, you know, afraid to, and, um, or has, and, you know, is, is dealing with the aftermath of that, like all of that stuff is so real and it's so hard and to be considered. And, you know, one of the things that I try to get to the bottom of, um, with like that I have learned about myself through storytelling and also that I help people get to the bottom of is you're really unpacking like who you are at your core. 
by telling your story, you know, the more you talk about it, the more introspective you get about like, oh, wait, who am I at my core? What are my values? What do I want in the world? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up every single day? I talk a lot about identity. And I think that this is probably going to also be, I think this will resonate with your listeners. I hope that I think we make the mistake often believing that our identity is, you know, our successes, our failures, our titles, our relationship statuses, whatever. Um, And what the storytelling piece does is actually uncover who you are at your core, which is not any of those things. So for example, for me, I consider my identity, my identity to be somebody who is kind and extremely curious, vulnerable, um, compassionate, funny. Those are the things that I am at my core. And so I can take those, I can apply those to literally any part of my life. So I can, um, you know, if I'm in conflict with somebody that I'm conflict averse, (laughs) Um, you know, I, I don't like being, I don't like confrontation and I can do it because beforehand I think, well, I know who I am at my core and I know I can show up as those things during this convert, this very hard conversation I'm going to have. And as long as I can stay true to those things, to my true identity, that's all I got. That's all I can do. I can't do anything else in this world, but if I know that I, if I do that, then I can sleep at night. Then I can know that I did the best that I can. And I've stayed true to myself. Um, you know, coming onto this podcast. I mean, I'm always, these things always make me nervous. Yes. I'm a storyteller and I get up on stages and I have my own podcast and I'm a coach and I still get really nervous, you know, talking about myself and telling my story. It's so scary. But even before coming on here, I'm like, okay, well, I know that I can be kind and curious and compassionate and vulnerable. Like I know that I can be those things because those are, that is who I am at my core and no one can take those things away from me. So if I lose my job, if I lose a friend, if I break up with my boyfriend, um, you know, whatever it is, those things will be hard. No doubt we're human and we have emotions and we'll have to, we'll have to, um, confront those things, but who we are at our core will never be taken away. We'll never lose that. That's such a, yes, that's such an important piece because regardless of the closet that somebody's coming out of, okay. And there's a lot of closets people have come out of over the last few years, not saying prior to that, but you know, there's a lot of people coming to truth through this great human experience called the pandemic. Right. And some people felt really guilty and other people felt really scared and other people felt like, yeah, let's go motherfucker. Let's get this done. Right. Regardless of what it was, I don't think anybody's going to say it was easy because when we confront that truth of who we are, but that we confront it in a very visceral way to the core of who we are, it's scary and it's exciting. It's confusing and it's clear, but more than anything, it brings you to the truth of you. And sometimes that can be the hardest pill to swallow when you finally accept, yes, this is my truth. And I'm going to own it. I'm going to be it. I'm going to stand up for it. And I'm going to allow myself to not be regretful. You know, there's a book out there. I can't remember the name of it, but it, it was, 
it's a nurse who recorded every, you know, all these patients kind of like last wish stories and the things that they never regret and everything. And beautiful book. Of course, I wish I could remember it now, but after I read it and it, she got a lot of hubbub because it was a self-published book and then suddenly a major publisher found it and then it just exploded all over the globe. I don't ever want to be that person that says I didn't live my truth or have a regret about it. I did for many years. I mean, for 36 years, I hid that truth. Regardless of what somebody may be hearing today, this doesn't mean it has to be some grand, great thing you do. In fact, it most of the time can just start with you saying to yourself, this is my truth. And wrapping your arms around yourself and loving yourself, you know, physically, metaphorically, whatever it takes, because that's where it starts. Anybody else who can't accept that, that's actually about them. It is not about you. And that's why this conversation today, I feel is really timely as we are celebrating lots of different ways of being in the world. I know it's a month out of the year that we put a focus on this, but I don't want it to end with just a focus on this for one month. Every day should be a focus on living your truth and being who you truly want to be and uncloseting yourself. I'm just curious for you, Molly, as you stepped into this and coaching and starting to tell stories and everything, do you ever regret it? Do you ever regret taking these steps forward? Uh, no, of course not. Um, there's nothing that feels better than, let me back up. I have moments where I, and I, I've had many moments and I will have more, many more moment, moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Or what did I do? <laughs> and this right. is really hard and hard for me looks, you know, it, sometimes it looks like I'm, you know, I, I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. And sometimes mm -hmm. it, looks like, it feels to me like nothing's ever going to work. And did I make a huge mistake? And, um, you know, I think it's really important to talk about what the hard looks like, um, because it looks different for everybody, but also it often looks the same for everybody. <laughs> well, right. Hard and, is hard. However hard, you interpret it. Hard is hard. However you interpret it. But um, but to know that like, yeah, if you have a day where you're like, you don't want to get out of bed, like that doesn't mean that you did the wrong thing. And that doesn't mean that, um, that you're the only person who's ever felt that way, which is also part of why like, let's talk. But about that's this. part of why I believe yes, Stonewall riots and everything happened so that, you know, there could be this quote reckoning, even though it seems like they're trying to <laughs> force us into another Stonewall, which fine. We'll, we'll stand up to that challenge. And I will but, be there. Thank you very much. But yeah. what I find so interesting about all of this is when we allow that challenge to fuel us and when we have those fears and we allow those fears to fuel us rather than hold us back, there's so much opening. There's so much joy. And I'm never going to say that, you know, leaving a job or being laid off or coming out or losing a relationship, I'm never going to say any of that is easy. But there's so much beauty and wisdom on the other side that I think as humans, we can say that. And I try not to say that as lip service because I have my moments too. There's lots of times I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I really don't know. But when I take that deep breath, I lean into myself, into my deepest core of my truth, my beliefs, my values. It's 
it's much easier to navigate and to go, okay, but if I'm not in this truth, then where would I be? And that's one of the big questions I often say to myself, if I'm not living in this truth, who would I be and what would I be doing? And it's so interesting because I I recently was working with a client who, who has quote stepped into his gay world, but he keeps using the phrase I've chosen to be gay. I'm like, okay, I'm uh, semantics, whatever. Okay. It's been a really big exploration with him to help him unpack why he uses that word versus accepting And we've gotten to the heart of it at this point where that's an acceptance. He's accepted that, yes, for all those years, you know, many, many more years than I was hiding in the closet. But I think this is what we all do is we hide our truth, hide it, hide it, bury it, bury it, bury it. And then suddenly when it wants to come forward, we're going to fight because it's not the comfort zone. It is not the place that's safe. It is not the thing that... A lot of people might wrap their arms around and say, oh, we welcome you, whether it's coming out or losing a job or I always use the analogy, walking away from a relationship that you know is not good for you. But man, at least it's a body, at least it's somebody to have something with. And I think these are the pieces of the stories. So now we're moving to a different part of this using stories, the stories that we tell ourselves. And I think that's a really beautiful space that you're probably creating for people as you work with them on their stories and how they walk through, you know, in your coaching to not only become good storytellers, but to be better storytellers about the stories they tell themselves. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. You just said so many good things in there. Um, (laughs) So many good things. Um, It's so interesting. Yeah. Like the, the choice part, because of course you want to you want to claim it as a choice because we all want to have some sort of control. Right. Right. Um, so that makes so much sense. So much sense. Um, the, I, I wanted to like also quickly and like add on to what you said and, and also hopefully answer your last question that I didn't answer was like, do I ever regret it? You know, kind of like what you were just saying, like for me, success means, showing up in the world the way that with who I am and the way I I want to be every single day and every single moment and that takes knowing who I am and accepting and then also using that knowledge and that acceptance to then navigate and make the choices that I want to make so that I can honor who I really am in the world in every scenario which is you know you get to through the storytelling I love the honor piece because sometimes I think we lose sight of honoring who we are to honor others. And I don't say that's a bad thing because I want to honor who other people are too. But when it becomes that pleaser, that's everything is for everybody else. And I've talked about this numerous times on this podcast and my other podcasts and on stage, like the moment you lose yourself to someone else's dream, you've lost your own dream. Or the moment you lose yourself to other someone else's truth of who you are, you've lost the truth of who you are. Yeah. And it's tough because we are all socialized in certain ways, family dynamics, all this sort of stuff. And it was probably one of the hardest things I ever did to finally, two times, stood up to my parents at 19 and said, I'm gay, and then went back in the closet. But then at 36, when I said it again, and that was the first time I really started realizing, wait, 
I have a voice and it's not just about being gay. I have a voice about what I enjoy doing for work. I have a voice about what kind of people I like being around, all of these sort of things. Now, where I feel like I hurt myself and the story that I was telling myself around that was the only way I could do that was to be a complete asshole. Like I had to just like, this is the way it is. And you accept it. I fought that big time until one day I woke up to it. Not because I woke up to it because a few people said, you're just a complete jerk. I'm like, well, I wasn't, I don't want to be a jerk. Everybody used to think I was a really great guy. And now suddenly I'm a jerk. I don't want that. And I also know that being raised in a very narcissistic household is what brought that through. And so suddenly I'm like confronted with that. Like, oh my God, I thought I was so not that but it was in my quote, socialized DNA. Once I realized that I knew I had to start breaking that story apart too. Like I do not have to be this. There's still moments it shows up. Like when I get really, <laughs> really annoyed with certain things going on in the world that really shows up like I just screw everybody. But I think this is a piece of really knowing as your own story unfolds. And again, for any of you listening who are going to go to pride celebrations this year which first of all be careful it's a little probably more heated than it's ever been at least in the u.s for dang sure and there's places across the globe but realize the power of you showing up is the power of your story and the power of you showing up in anything in life is the power of your story yes what do you enjoy most about doing this work with the people you get to do it because i'm sure it's got to be just there's got to be moments where you're just like all you can do to hold, hold in, like, I know it. Sometimes I just want to like turn the camera off and go, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. They got it. Right. Which really isn't what it's supposed to be for coaches. It's like, we just help people see their stuff and move through it, but there are moments. So what's something that really lights you up when you see a client move? There's that's so funny that you just said that. Cause I was just talking about this yesterday, how like sometimes, yeah, you just know when you kind of there's a breakthrough and you're like, yes, it did. it. <laughs> I helped them. It's very exciting. Um, I, you know, I think kind of to go along with what you just said, you know, telling your story and, and a really important piece about sharing your story is a lot of the time, like, the stories that we tell ourselves, we're often so afraid to share with the world because we're afraid that the, because we believe certain things about ourselves and the story that we're telling ourselves is reiterating this this belief that we have about ourselves, which is usually something bad or negative. You know, we're not worthy. We're not lovable. Right. Um, no one's going to accept who we are. Um, and we're afraid of sharing that with the world because we're afraid that if we do, the world will reflect back to us what we believe to already be true about ourselves, which again is that yep. we're bad. Um, we're unacceptable. Um, and what ends up happening instead is that you create these connections and that's the most important piece, right? You tell your story and somebody else in the room most likely has felt the way that you're feeling or is feeling that same way now, or they know somebody who has, and that's the most important piece. And once you realize that, once you create that connection, <clears throat> that thing that you were hiding, that fear, that whatever that belief was about yourself it normalizes, it gets a lot lighter. And the more you talk about it, the more you air it out, the lighter and lighter it gets. And you can eventually let it go and you can refocus your attention on 
something else that you want to do some, some other thing that is actually of value to you. You know, you have, um, only so much energy, right? It energy is like currency. So you have to, you have to really think about like, well, where do I want to spend this, this currency, this energy on? And the, the, the people like the, the moments when I'm like, just like, this is the thing that I'm supposed to be Mm. doing the moments where, um, where, you know, sometimes from one conversation, somebody will be like, I didn't ever believe that my voice mattered at all. And through this, I literally just had somebody email me the other day and she's like, from one conversation, I changed my whole life. I started this new business. I didn't think that like anybody cared. I didn't think that my voice mattered and you helped me get to like the core of what I was actually thinking and believing. And now I can take that and run and do it with confidence. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like, I'm just like, okay, I guess I can like, I can close my computer and go home now. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the most exciting thing to, to also just when, you know, whether it's in coaching or on my podcast, like when people are like, I've never told that story before to anybody, or I've never, you know, I've never shared so much. I've never been so vulnerable. And yet it seems to me like it's so easy for them to do it. I'm like, it, you know, it doesn't seem like you're struggling at all, but I also recognize that like they feel safe with me or whatever, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, I think you're really good at it. Also, like the way that like your presence and the way that you ask questions, um, and this community that you've created, you know, clearly is making people feel, um, seen and also like, okay, they did it. Maybe I can do it too. It's not so bad. I'm not alone. Oh, wow. I've felt that before. And, um, so those are th- that those moments are like to me just the 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 best. They are. They truly are. And the thing that's interesting um, is when <clears throat> you accept that yes, as a coach, you were a catalyst to some of this, but they did the work, and they got to do it, and they got to see it. And um, yep, I, I I have these fun little like inspiration cards that a friend of mine gave me and every day I pull one out try to at least pull one out every day and look at it and it was interesting this morning I pulled it out and it says it's better than sitting around doing nothing and as I was sitting here looking at it I'm like you know telling your story it's better than sitting around doing nothing you know doing the work is better than sitting around doing nothing taking time to get to know yourself is better than sitting around doing nothing And if people don't take anything else away from this conversation today, then opening up and telling your story is better than sitting around doing nothing. It's going to help you. Even if the only person you tell the story to right now is yourself. Now, I have a a client and he's just beginning to open up about his sexuality. And this morning, I literally had a good cry because I got a message from him saying, so I told my third friend my truth and now my friend wants to listen to any podcast that they can to learn more to help understand me and what I'm going through and he goes and I gave you you know I gave him your podcast and a couple others I'm like these are those moments where because somebody's doing something and not sitting around they're going to do something great for themselves 
And I'm so glad that you're out there in the world doing this, Molly, and giving people a voice and helping them tell their stories. Um, if somebody really wanted to tell their story, what would be the best piece of advice you would give them before we wrap it up here? Besides I... finding Molly and going, hey, let, help me. But um, like, what's one thing I, because I know there's a lot of, I know my answer to that, but I want to hear yours and then I'll share mine. Such a good question. Um, I think, you know, I think really um, just finding a space or finding somebody safe to, um, to say it to, you know, whether it's a partner or a coach or therapist or something, or just a journal, I would say, start there. If you're afraid, you know, if you're, mm -hmm. if this feels scary, if you're like, hell yeah, I've got a story to tell and I want to get out there. Where do I do this? There are stages all over this country you can get on, right. but that's not what I'm suggesting. You know, there's, there's a lot though, you know, if it's, if you're unsure if you're going to, if you want to tell a story or not, if you're, you know, if you're unsure that you want to share something to the world, I would suggest really journaling or thinking about why you want to tell that story and, and, um, you know, what you're hoping to get out of it and, um, creating a really clear intention, you know, and, mm -hmm. and also letting go of any expectations you might have just getting really clear and honoring your intention. Like I need to do this because of X, Y, and Z and whatever happens happens and that's okay. Yep. Um, but I'm doing it for this reason, not for, you know, attention or whatever. Yeah. What's your, what's your answer? It starts with trusting yourself, mm. really deeply trusting yourself, uh, which is scary because we need that validation. The only trust and validation you need is your own. And once you trust and validate yourself that this is your story, it's kind of like owning it, like I said earlier. <clears throat> but I, I, before you can own it, you got to trust yourself and you got to validate that, yes, I, this is my story. I'm, I'm ready to like, you know, really own it. Those three kind of go together. And when I've worked with people, I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's do a little story exercise. What do you have to trust about yourself to say, this is my truth? Who do you need validation from? And of course, there's always like, I'm like, okay, but what if none of those people existed? Who would you get validation from? Obviously I'm walking them into well myself, right? Okay. So now that you trust and validate yourself and this is your story, what's it going to take for you to go own it? And again, I always say, and owning it doesn't mean you have to stand on an amazing stage. Some people will. Other people, it's like, I'm going to tell one person my story. I remember the first time I ever talked about my sexual abuse as a young kid. That wasn't intentional. And I just went there and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm trusting in this audience. This is something they need to hear. And I don't remember being really scared. I'm just like, I've never talked about this. I mean, I've talked about it through therapy and things like that. But I never talked about it in public. And I still pick and choose when that, I mean, obviously, here we go. <laughs> it's out there again, right? But um, it was an interesting thing for me to own it because it brought some real clarity around a lot of other things for me that made me really see who I was and, and why certain things happened in my life. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's an awesome answer. And I love that last piece that you said too, because the more that we, like we can tell the same story over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And every time we're going to learn something new about ourselves yep. and yep. that's important too. Yep. And every time, as you said, that learning something else about yourself, let that be a moment of just beautiful curiosity and openness to accepting 
because I have learned over and over and over again, even at 59 years old, I learn every day pieces of my story that like, oh, wow, I didn't see that. Right. And yet it's the same story I've told numerous times, you know, and it's just a beautiful awakening and opening up. So, well, Molly, thank you so much for being here. If people want to reach out to you, where's the best place to reach out to you? you this is where you get to shout out and tell people what's going on and any programs you might have going on. But um, what's the best place for people to reach out to you? Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I really of am course. honored to be a part of this and to be a part of Pride Month. Um, and I love your podcast. It's oh, awesome. thank you. Um, you can you can listen to my podcast. It's called I Am This Age anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, it's about people who make big life changes beyond the age of 40. Um, and you can contact me at my website. It's just mollycider.com. That's like apple cider, but with an S. Instead yes. of <laughs> exactly. It's like Clemens. It's like C lemons, not like double M, not ENS. It's like lemons. Like you would buy some lemons and put a C on the front of it. That's how simple it is, folks. But I know it's not simple. These we got, we got those names. It's not simple, you know, and no, it's not Richard. Not it's not Ricky. It's Rick. Okay. It's very simple, even though I know it's not. It's so funny. And I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but it just it crossed my mind. I will. Well, when I used to go to Starbucks and stuff, I'm like, your name, I'm telling my name, Greg. I'm like, how do you get Greg out of Rick? I will never. And it was consistent. I mean, it's like, did I not speak clearly? It's like Rick. I don't know how Rick translates to Greg, but you know, anyway. So, well, thank you so much, Molly, for being here. Appreciate it. Happy pride, everybody. I hope you go out there, be yourself, tell your story in whatever way makes sense. Even if the only story you're telling yourself is I'm here, I'm queer, and I'm happy to be here just with myself. That's a beautiful story to be there and um, do what you need to do. Pride is your way. The only way you can do it is your way. Don't let other people tell you, here's how you go to pride. Um, and just celebrate you this month. So, um, so thanks again, Molly, so much for being here and having a great conversation. And everybody go out there and have a wonderful pride. Thank you so much. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about and you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted and never stop stepping out, stepping up and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.